Hey, good evening. It's Wednesday night. I'm so glad that you're here with us for our Bible study here at St. Matthew's on this uh, beautiful Wednesday. It's a, it's a great day to be together, a great night to be together uh, to talk about fasting and to study God's Word together. So I'm excited to get to spend this time with you right now. I will let you know about some exciting things happening in our church in the next few weeks with um, Easter and Palm Sunday coming up. We want to kind of give you that overview of our schedule. Um, Next Sunday, not this Sunday, this Sunday is the 21st, but on the 28th was Palm Sunday. Uh, so, uh, sorry, my, my dates are off. Uh, this Sunday is the, is the 14th. The 14th, our schedule will look like normal. Just like we've been the last few weeks, we're going to have a um, drive-in service at 9, and then we're going to have two services at 11, traditional and intersection. Okay? On the 21st, we're going to have, we're going to bring our, our 8.30 service will resume in the sanctuary. So we'll have our 8.30 traditional service here in the sanctuary. Then we're going to have a 9 o'clock drive-in service at the same time. So, at, well, roughly the same time. So I'll be in here preaching the uh, 8.30 traditional service, and Brian will be preaching our 9 o'clock drive-in service. And then we'll have both of our 11 o'clock um, 11 o'clock um, traditional services, uh, 11 o'clock services, traditional in here, intersection in, the, in Hart Hall. That's on the 21st. Palm Sunday, the schedule will be the same. We'll have 8.30 traditional, uh, 9 o'clock drive-in, and then uh, 11 o'clock traditional in intersection. With the addition on Palm Sunday, our children will wave palm branches in, in each service to celebrate Palm Sunday, and we're going to have an Easter egg hunt following, um, basically following the early services, because both, both early 8.30 service and drive-in should be letting out about the same time. So we're going to have an Easter egg hunt about, I think Kate said about 9.45. That might not be the exact time, but about 9.45. And then we're going to have a Easter egg hunt before the beginning of our 11 o'clock services. I want to say it's going to be about 10.45. But check with Kate. Um, to make sure I have those times right, you can email Kate at kate at stm-umc.org. So that's going to be Palm Sunday. So 14th normal, 21st, 8.30, 9 o'clock into at 11. Palm Sunday, same as that with the additional Easter egg hunt between services. Then on Easter, just gird up your loins, put a hitch in your giddy up, drink your coffee, and uh, we're going to roll. On Easter, we got a lot going on Easter. Easter Sunday, that's going to be April the 4th, April 4 this year for Easter. We're going to have a 6.30 sunrise service in front of the church. We're going to have an 8 o'clock traditional service in the sanctuary. We're going to have a 9.30 traditional service in the sanctuary. We're going to have a 9.30 drive-in service out back on the parking lot, and at 11, we're going to have traditional in the sanctuary and intersection at 11. And that's right now. And these, these are, these are sign-up events. So we'd ask you to make sure you sign up, especially for Easter, because the la we're not going to turn folks away on Easter Sunday morning. So if we see that our services are full, like if we're, you know, a week out and every service is at 80%, 90%, then we're going to look at adding an additional service. Like, so if we can get you to, to, to sign up, that would help us be able to maintain, you know, as, we, as we're close, we're almost done with this, but as, as we're close to being done, having, this, having, having Easter back this year, um, we'll be able to distance each other well. So we would invite you to sign up um, and, uh, and uh, get your spot uh, to worship with us on Easter Sunday morning. It's going to be a great day. So Easter's going to be, like I said, Easter's going to be busy. 
sunrise at 6.30, 8 o'clock traditional, 9.30 traditional, 9.30 drive-in, 11 o'clock traditional, 11 o'clock intersection. So, um, hey, bring a friend. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I can't wait for Easter and Palm Sunday in the next uh, the next few weeks. And then we have more exciting things coming in the days to come after that. So be sure to follow along on social media or um, make sure we have your emails so we can communicate with you in this season. So once again, it is uh, good to be with you in this time and in this place. Uh, so today we're going to continue with our the Bible study we've had the last few weeks about fasting. Um, we have spent time um, first week talking about why, what fasting is, um, why we do it. Last week, we looked at some biblical examples of fasting. Today, I want to talk about what fasting is not and, why, and some reasons why we should not, basically, if you will, bad motivations for fasting, what fasting is not about. Oh, one last housekeeping thing. Next week, it's going to be spring break, so we will not be having a Bible study online next week. So just file that away, FYI, no Bible study next week. So, uh, but today, and then we'll finish up our fasting study the following week. So I'm um, looking forward to finishing this up with you. But um, today, wrong motivations in fasting, why we shouldn't fast, what, what fasting is not about. So, and th- we're going to look at a couple of biblical passages that teach us about fasting and show us the wrong motivation for fasting. Because it, it's interesting, With um, it's been an interesting thing for me, just, just personally this year, as I've encouraged the church to fast together, you know, from screen time on Wednesdays, or, and then to fast from food on Fridays if you physically can. It's been really weird for me to um, talk publicly about what I'm giving up. I joke about it a lot. You know, I always think of the great Louis Grizzard line. Louis Grizzard said he fasted from English peas every Lent because he hated English peas. Um, I, I'm not, there, there, there's a lot of subjects I'm not comfortable talking about. Money's one of them. Um, um, but fasting in our Lenten discipline, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of talking a lot about that because, frankly, I don't pray for your benefit. That's not why I pray. Even in church, when I'm doing the pastoral prayer, I'm not praying for your benefit. I'm, I'm praying on behalf of the congregation of God, serving as a priestly function, much like the Old Testament priest, but I'm not praying for your benefit. I'm having a conversation with God, and you just happen to be here. Um, I, I don't fast so I can show others how holy I am, because if you know me, you know I am far from holy. Um, so I, I, I don't like to talk about fasting because it what I'm fasting from, because the last thing I want to do is have a spirit, do a spiritual discipline to make myself look holy or important. That's the, that is simply, and we're going to read about this today, that is not what it's about. So it's been a challenge for me this year to encourage you to fast and to talk about what our fast is here at the church and to say, yeah, I'm doing it. Every Friday, I'm skipping, my, I'm skipping lunch on Friday, and I'm texting uh, uh, what I would pay for lunch to the church, testing that to our giving, to our giving option, and, um, and I'm supporting Rise Against Hunger, and I'm skipping a meal every Friday. That, that's what I'm doing, um, and I would encourage you to do that, um, but I don't do that to show you that I'm holy, because I'm not. I do that to encourage you uh, to be part of this community, uh, to be part of this shared expression together. So, so today we're going to talk. We're going to look at the scriptures about some of the things that the Bible tells us why we shouldn't fast and some wrong motivations for fasting. I want to start off today with Matthew 
chapter 6, verse 18. This is Jesus teaching on fasting from the Sermon on the Mount where he says this. I'll just read verses 16 through 18 where he says this. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces as to show others that they are fasting. That's what I'm talking about. That's, that, that, that's the reason why I don't like to talk about it because Jesus says here, hey, don't go around talking about it. Don't go around looking all gaunt and frail and weak and acting like it's awful. No, don't do that. He said, and Jesus says, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret will reward you. We do not fast to be seen by others. And the Bible study I was reading, preparing for this, makes a great point. This was this is the critical issue is not whether people know that you're fasting, but whether the, whether that you want them to know that you can bask in their admiration. That's the critical issue. That that is it. So. I don't mind you knowing that I'm fasting on Fridays. I don't mind you knowing that I'm doing that. But I'm not doing it so that you can think, man, boy, our preacher sure is awesome. Boy, that Andy, ain't he? Ain't that Andy something? Boy, howdy, we sure are lucky to have such a holy preacher as him. Goodness gracious. No, that's not. I don't do it that you can know what I'm doing or think that I'm holy or whatever. That's not. I don't do it for your admiration. But I don't mind, especially in this season, telling you that I'm doing it to serve as an example or to serve as a model for what it should look like. But I'm not doing it that you can raise your, raise your um, perspective on me or raise your, I love what it says, that you can bask in their admiration. I'm not, I don't talk about this, that you can see and think how holy I am. I'm doing this so that I can allow the Spirit to show me the things that control me and that I can clear the deck and clear my plate and clear my agenda so that I give myself space to hear from God and hear God's voice and understand what God's saying to me and understanding what God is teaching me. I, I, don't, I do not fast for your eyes or your praise or your admiration. I fast that the Holy Spirit can draw me closer to my Savior and that I can know God better and how I can walk with God more and I can be a more faithful disciple. That's why I fast. It's not for you. It's for me. So we need to be very careful. And I think, I think that, that phrase there is a perfect, a perfect encapsulation of what we need to think about. Not just with fasting. But honestly, with all of our Christian virtues, do we do what we do? Do we fast or pray or witness or serve or lead, preach? Do we do these things to bask in the admiration of others? Or do we do it as a way to serve our God more? to lay down our life in service to a God who has given his life to save us? Do we, do we do this not as a way to get human praise, but do we do it as a way to grow closer to our God? And y'all, that really is the question, honestly. 
about all Christian service, not, not just about fasting. It, 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 it's punctuated in this season of Lent by fasting. But this is not just a question about fasting. This is a question about, honestly, y'all, all of our Christian virtue and our Christian life. Why do we do it? Do we do it for God to see and for God to bless us and, to God, and for God to draw us closer? Or do we do it so that others can see? And y'all, this is a, I'm very honest with you, this is a, this is a challenge for us because um, I also don't think we should shy away from modeling the Christian life for others. I should not help others so that others can see me help them say, man, that Andy sure is something. But I think it's important for us to publicly display our faith so that others can see it and model it and know what the faith looks like. Um, I think about Revelation 12, 11. And this, y'all, this is an area that I've always had a lot of tension with. Because I never want to do anything for the praise of humans. I never want to do anything for man's praise. This is not about me getting man's praise. But Revelation 12, 11 says that the devil's defeated by the blood of the lamb and the power of their testimony. So I think the question is this. When we talk about our acts of faithfulness, whether it be fasting or something else, the question is this. Who's the hero? That's always the question, y'all. Is who is the hero of our story? Are we the hero of our story? Do we serve, do we fast, do we give to show how holy and awesome we are? Or do we serve and fast and do other things to show, that how, God, show how God is working through us? It's always, it's always the question. The question's always, who is the hero of your story? Who is the hero of your story? In any spiritual story that you tell, where you are the hero, something's a little off, something's a little wrong. We should never be the hero of our own stories. It's always Jesus who's the hero of our own stories. Now, we can talk about being faithful. But we talk about faith, being faithful because it has drawn us closer to God or we have seen God in it. But we don't talk about being faithful because we're amazing. We talk about being faithful because it's helped us to encounter God. I, the, the, best, the best kind of explanation I've heard about this is when you, one of, the, one, of the, one of the ways you can read the Bible is to put yourself in the Bible. So when you read a biblical story or, or, or when you read the Bible, where do you see yourself in the story? Where is your place in the story? And um, the story of David and Goliath is a great example. So often when we read the David of Goliath, we make ourselves David. That we have this Goliath in front of us. We have this Goliath in front of us. And, and through the, even through the help of God, we're going we're gonna to slay the Goliath in front of us and we're going to be faithful. Yay, us. Yay, team. And there's something to that, that Jesus can help us overcome any obstacles we face. There's no doubt about that. But if we read the story of David and Goliath, you know who we are in that story? We're the helpless Israelites. We're not, we're not David. I'm not David. Jesus is David. Jesus is David, and Jesus slays the Goliaths in my life. I don't do it through my own power or my own might or my own strength. But Jesus does it. And sometimes he does it through me. But he's the one who does it. We're not David, y'all. We're the helpless Israelites. But God 
sometimes is able to use for great things. We don't fast for our benefit. We don't fast so others can see what we're doing. We fast so that we can know God better, that we can love God better, we can serve God better, we can, we can be more in love with God. We don't fast for our benefits. We don't fast, I'm sorry, we don't fast for others' benefit. We fast so that we can see, so we can know God better. Who's the hero of your story? It's always the question. Who's the hero of your story? Another reason why we don't fast is a story we find in Luke chapter 18. In Luke 18, we see, um, see the story of um, the Pharisee and the tax collector. It's a, this, is a, this is a very famous parable that um, Jesus tells. I'll start reading with verse 9, and we'll read 9 through 14. He told this parable to see who, might, who, who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and who regarded others with contempt. Two men went to, the, went to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than, uh, rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. So first reason we don't fast is so that others can see us and see how awesome we are. Who's the hero of your story? The second reason why we don't fast is, I mean, I'm sorry, the second reason, why, the second reason to fast wrongly the second bad motivation for fasting is this. If the first hand, the bad motivation is to impress others, the second bad motivation is to impress God. We don't fast to justify ourselves before God. This, the, task, the Pharisee says, hey, God, boy, you sure are lucky to have me. Man, Lord, when you were making draft picks, like when you, when you were having your fantasy draft and you got me in the first round, man, you, that, was a good God, that was a good job by you, God. You got me. You got a good call when you got me because, I, I mean, I tithe. I go to the temple. I fast twice a week. I mean, God, you really, I was a good pick by you, Lord. You did good. You did real good. Good job by you. You did real good. I'm the tax collector. Beats his breast and says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. One went away justified and one did not. The one who humbled himself before God. And laid himself before God completely and said, God, I, I'm not worthy of this. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need you now, God. That's the one who walked away from this moment justified. Not the one who sought to justify himself before God but the one who understood his need for God. So on the, the first bad motivation is we don't fast to impress others. The second motivation is this, we don't fast to impress God. We're not fasting to show God how awesome we are. We're not, we're not fasting as a means by which we earn God's love or by which we learn, earn God's approval. But we're fasting because this is a means by which we can show, like the tax collector, show our need for grace to repent but it's a, it, we fast, it's a, it's a means by which we can have a closer walk with God and know God better, serve God better, follow God better. This is not about me showing God how awesome I am. Just as I don't want to try to show you how awesome I am, I don't want to show God how awesome I am. But I fast so that I can know how awesome God is. And I fast so that I can know him better. 
that I can love him more, that I can serve him more, that I can be more faithful to him. This fasting is not about impressing anyone, human or God. This fasting is a, is a way that I can see what controls me, I can repent of my sins, and I can allow myself to be in a closer walk with God. I think this parable of the tax collector and the, and the, and the Pharisee is just a wonderful, a wonderful parable in all the Bible because it shows. It shows the two contrasting ideals there, one that shows God how, how awesome we are and one that shows God how much we need him. And I think we, uh, I think we need to understand that uh, we don't fast to impress God. We fast as a response to God's grace. And the, and the, the, the third reason is it's kind of much the same. We're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 8. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, we see this. I'll start reading with verse 7. It is not everyone, whoever, who has knowledge. Since some of you have become accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food they eat as food offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. Food will, not bring her close to, bring, food will not bring us close to God, and we are no better off. We are no worse off if we do not eat. We are no better off if we do eat. Take care that this liberty of yours does not become a stumbling block to the weak. In the pagan days, that before the church became, before as individuals were becoming converted, the Gentile culture, food was always a big thing. It was a big thing. They had all these food sacrificed to idols. That's one of the common themes you see in um, in um, the New Testament. That you know whether you eat food or don't eat food, Paul would say. But one of my favorite verses is in Romans, where Paul says, "By what you eat or by what you drink, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died." Paul said, "It doesn't matter if you want to eat food sacrificed to idols." There are no idols, so fine. But if, you, if in you doing this, you harm another, you harm their faith, you harm their walk, you, you destroy their faith, then you're doing the wrong thing. So by what you eat or by what you drink, don't destroy the one for whom Christ died. Is not the kingdom of God more than food, as Paul tells us? Same thing with fasting. We don't fast. Point two is we don't fast to justify ourselves before God. Show God how awesome we are. We also don't fast to earn anything from God. In the pagan culture, they would offer food to their gods. That, that, that is the food sacrificed to idols that the New Testament talks about. They would, they would offer these food sacrifices as a way to gain the favor of their idols. The, the food was a very central part of gaining the favor of their idols. And Paul here is saying, no, it doesn't matter what you eat. It's, it, food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat. We are no better off if we do. It's not about eating or not eating. It's not about fasting or not fasting. It's, it's not about, this is not about earning anything from God. Fasting is simply a means that God has given us. To, to show us something. Fasting shows us the underlying things that control us. Fasting shows us our great need for God. Fasting shows us how much, fasting clears the deck so that we can properly hear God's voice. Fasting is not so much for God 
as fasting is for us. We don't fast for God's benefit. We fast for ours. We don't fast to impress God. We don't fast to impress to, to show to earn God's favor. Eat, don't eat. Paul said, doesn't matter. Eat, don't eat, whatever. But we fast so that we can grow closer to God. This is a gift that God has given us that will allow us to walk closer to God, to know God better, to know ourselves better, and to understand our need for God more. Fasting is not about us proving anything to God or earning anything from God. But fasting is about us having an additional avenue in our life to encounter God. And that's always the challenge of disciplines, y'all. As I said earlier, we don't do our disciplines so that we're the hero. Who's the hero of your story? We don't do any of these things to earn God's approval or earn God's love or even earn God's blessing. We do them because these are things that we can do where we can encounter God, where we can know God, we can walk closer to God, and we can have God speak to us. So I would encourage you, friends, to take some time to fast, to take some time to fast, um, to, to encounter God through this, to walk closer to God, and to grow closer to Him. Um, but don't do it for the wrong reasons. The ends don't justify the means. If you're fasting to prove your worth to God, if you're fasting to get approval from humans, if you're fasting to earn God's love, if you're fasting to commend yourself to God, you're not gonna, you're not only gonna find what you want there. You're not gonna, you're not, you're, you're, it's gonna turn to pride, it's gonna turn to arrogance, it's gonna turn to self-righteousness, it's gonna turn to morality. And the point of this is to draw you closer to God. Not, not, make, us, not make ourselves arrogant. Because remember, the Pharisee in the second, the Pharisee fasted. He was doing everything right. But the scripture says that he walked away and he was not justified because he was trying to commend himself to God. So yeah, I'd love for you to fast. I, I, think, I think fasting is a great benefit to us as, as Christians and as humans. I think I would love for you to fast. What I'd love for you more is you to love Jesus. And for Jesus' love to change your heart because that's what matters. So I hope you have a, a holy rest of this week. Fast if you are fasting with us, and if not, that's okay too. Pray for us, we'll pray for you. Uh, look forward to worshiping with us Sunday. You can visit our website, stm-umc.org slash worship. Uh, oh, by the way, we're still gonna have all of our regular online stuff that we've had these during COVID. Um, so worship with us in person uh, Sunday if you're able, or you can worship with us online. And uh, get ready for exciting Palm Sunday and for exciting Easter. Uh, love you guys. Thanks for being in Bible study with us tonight, and we will see you um, in worship Sunday morning. Have a great night. Thanks.